Hello and you're very welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. I'm Anna Cullen. And I'm Paddy Common. This episode might make you squirm because we're going to be discussing rodents and the damage they can cause if they enter your vehicle or your home. We will get expert advice for those who are affected by this issue from how to prevent them entering in the first place to what you can do if they have invaded. AA membership comes with lots of great benefits. Breakdown service, 365 days a year, so you'll never be left stranded. Roadside rescue, we won't just tow your car, we fix 8 out of 10 at the roadside. Our personal cover means you're covered in any car, even when you're not the driver. Home start, cover when you're at home, perfect if your car has been lying idle for a while. To find out more, go to theaa.ie. Anna, I don't know about you, but I absolutely hate rats. It's the one thing I can't really stand. And I guess if they invaded your car or your home, that would also be a bit of a nightmare. So look, it's a good topic to discuss today. I know it will give some people creeps, but I think they'll find the advice pretty good in it. I think so. Look, I'm the same as you. I can't imagine anything worse than that happening. I haven't really had any experience with vehicles, but definitely the house side of things I've experienced before and it is really scary. So it was interesting to get advice, you know, about this issue and hopefully it helps. So you spoke to the experts, obviously, in this area. I did. I spoke with Richard Faulkner, who is an advanced technical field consultant at Rentkill. Now, you do know Rentkill are Ireland's leading pest control experts. Yeah, they would be who I would think of if... uh, They're your go-to people. Exactly. Yeah, so their recent stats show as well that rodents accounted for 31% of all their call-outs last year. That's a really scary figure. And we do know as well from our own figures that we've seen... Uh, a spike in that at, at various stages, especially during COVID when, you know, in terms of attacks on vehicles because cars were lying idle for a long time. Cars were lying idle and also Richard said as well that when the weather gets a bit colder, so even now people have seen a spike in it as well just because they're obviously, rodents are attracted to like the heat and shelter and water and all of that. But look, I spoke to Richard about this, so let's have a listen. Okay, Richard, thank you so much for joining me today on the AA Ireland podcast. If you want to start off by explaining your role and what exactly Rent-A-Kill does. Thanks, Anna. I'm Richard Faulkner. I'm a technical field consultant from Rent-A-Kill. So I predominantly deal with training, um, legal compliance, troubleshooting for customers and media and that sort of thing. Rent-A-Kill, we're a pest control company. Uh, we deal with all sectors from high-end sort of pharmaceutical production, manufacturing, down to domestic clients as well. And is Rentacill, is it just based in Ireland? We are a global company. I think we're in 89 countries throughout the world, roughly. So, um, yeah, no, we're we're a global. We're probably the world's leading, to be honest, but definitely sort of Europe, UK, Ireland, definitely. And we're going to talk today about rodents and what happens if these creatures enter your home Mm -hmm. and also if they enter your vehicle, which is quite scary to think about. I mean, I definitely do not want that happening anytime soon. But I understand that about 30% of your call outs last year were in relation to rodent activity in your home. Yeah, the thing is with with the rodents we deal with. So in Ireland, we're quite lucky. We've only sort of got eight rodents that live here that are, are found breeding in Ireland. And only really three of those are classed as target rodents. So they're pests that come into our homes. The most common would be, well, the most common two are the common rat, Rattus norvegicus, and the house mouse, Mus musculus domesticus. 
So these are the ones, but they're what we call commensal rodents. They've adapted to live around us. Okay. So yeah, it, it sounds a scary figure, but when you look at it, it's really not because you expect them to be around us. They sort of exploit our environments, our buildings, our habits. So yeah, they, they're found where we're found. So are there ways that we can prevent them coming near us? So yeah, we, we, we can do a lot of things to try and prevent them. Again, a rodent wants what we want. It needs food, harborage, shelter, and then it can mate. So that that's okay. why everything's gold. They're not that dissimilar for us in what their goals are and what they want. And it, it's making our environment sort of as hostile to them as we can by taking away what they need. So food and shelter, the main ones. Yeah, food, shelter, water, definitely. And yeah. that's both in your home and in your vehicle. In your home, in your vehicle, and in your sort of gardens and your surrounding environment as well. Okay, so... We'll, we'll talk then about houses first. Yeah. I have experienced having mice in my home. I'm sure a lot of people have. Do you want to talk me through the steps of firstly preventing them coming near your home and getting in? Yeah. So if we start off in the garden areas first, so if we cut back vegetation, if we keep garden areas clean, make sure there's no standing water, look at if we've got pets, if we feed our pets outside once they're fed, then make sure we clean after them. We don't leave bowls or food or anything else down. Is that just near your door or is it just in general? In general, but again, if you are feeding your pet and it's the same, well, I was just about to go into bins, bin areas. We all generally keep our bins quite near our back door because it's yeah. just ease. But if you think about it, the bin's a big attractant and you're attracting them right to the biggest entry point if you leave your door open for like 10, 15 minutes. So... With that sort of thing, I'd keep my bins as far away from the door as possible. Yeah, um, we all know, like at night time, if if you're running out to the bin quickly and you leave the door open because you're scared and you yeah, want yeah, to run yeah. back in quickly, yeah. so it's probably people. It's a convenient thing, but yeah. also people don't want to walk that far away to get to the yeah. bin. No, you you see it everywhere in, in businesses, in restaurants, on sites where there's canteens and stuff. The bins are always near the door, and that's just really inviting stuff because the bin's the first big attraction because it's food waste. So. Yeah. Yeah, and smells and exactly yeah. it's just getting that sort of thought process into your head so the main thing is just keeping anything that looks inviting yeah. to the rodents away from any entry points yeah. can you seal any entry points is there anything yeah. you can do on that end well that's that's the thing as well because you're looking especially when you're looking at mice mice only really need a small gap so anything of more than five millimeters in circumference so if you can get your pen through it a mouse will get through it so you need to seal down to that level so if you go around wow. with a biro, find any holes, if you get it through, they need to be sealed to stop mice. So if you seal to stop mice, you'll stop rats. Okay. They have managed to get into your home. What can you do? Right. So again, you can... Well, how do you know firstly that they're in your home? Right. That's that's a very good question. So usually with mice, telltale signs, droppings, my, my house mouse produces 80 droppings a day. Um, there's also noises and you will start to find damage if they're feeding. So it's all about food source. And the noise is a common one, especially when they've got up into attics. Mm -hmm. Even mice will sound like elephants with hobnail boots on. So it's that sort of thing. It's those sort of indications. Most obvious signs when one runs out in front of you. And across your feet. Exactly, across your feet. Exactly, yeah. I was speaking to someone actually that currently has mice in their home. They think that they're actually under the floorboards. Yeah. That's in their home and they can hear the squeaking yeah. but they they can't get to them yeah. they don't know where they're coming from they don't know how they're getting in and 
they don't know if they're ever going to leave. So it's they're living in worry now that they're going to wake up yeah. one night and the mouse is going to be there be beside them. Up above them, yeah. It's, it's again, very possible. So if they're under sort of floor everywhere, they, they're going to exploit cavities anyway because our cavities are insulated, they're quite warm, they're quite quiet, nothing's going to bother them. So it's ideal sort of for nesting. So with that, it, it's going around the outside of the building first because the entry point is generally going to have to, they've got to have come from the outside in, looking for those gaps. It may be that they're going to need to lift a floorboard or two just to get access down to see what's going on and to remove their visitors. What type of damage can they cause? So they're going to do structural damage, especially like electrical cables and stuff. They're a fire risk. They need to gnaw. So with rodents, what distinguishes them from other mammals is they've got continuously growing inside the teeth. So they grow throughout the lifetime of the animal. They need to keep them pared down so they need to gnaw. Okay. So their incisors are literally breaking and entry tools. So if they can get a purchase on something, they will chew through it. With rats, when we're looking at sort of there's a scale for cutting tools. So you've got composite diamond cutting tool, which is at 10 on the scale. A rodent's teeth comes in at 6.5. So they can chew concrete, soft metal and wood. So yeah. Concrete. Concrete, yeah, they will chew through concrete. If they can get a purchase on it, then they will yeah, keep keep gnawing. Again, it's paring down their teeth, but if they want to get into something, then they're going to have a good go. So if you leave your door open and a rat comes in, mm-hmm. do you know how long it would take for them to start breeding and producing babies? So it's really going to depend. So if one rat runs in, if it's not mated and it's not female, then you're okay. Really, it's got it's got to find a partner. So, but g- general rule of thumb with the with a rodent. So, our house mice are sexually mature anything between two and three months. So it's eight to twelve weeks. Common rat is sexually mature between ten and twelve weeks, so two and a half to three months. Their pregnancy is twenty one days gestation, so very very short. House mice give birth to anything up to sixteen in the litter at the moment. So huge litter. So as soon as she's given birth to the last kit, um, she goes back into heat. She, again, can fall pregnant. So she can be mated literally within a few hours after giving birth. And have 16 more. Yeah, pretty quickly because they've got this thing called postpartum estrus. So what happens is once she's given birth, she falls into heat. She's mated again. It takes 21 days to wean those young. And literally within 24, 48 hours, she's given birth to another litter. Oh wow! So, so yeah, it can yeah. move that quickly. Very quickly, yeah. So that that's that's the thing with it. As long as they've got that carrying capacity, that food, water, and shelter, then they will multiply quickly like that. Okay, as you said, they can cause a lot of damage, but like they can also bring a lot of bacteria into your home. Yeah. So that that's the thing with it. So they can do structural damage. They can sort of damage foodstuffs and stuff like that. But they will also cross contaminate and cause food contamination. And yeah, especially the common rat, even though we associate it with being a dirty animal because of this, because of the pathogens it spread, they're actually a really clean animal. They spend 20 to 30% of their time grooming, which as you can see, a lot more than I do. And <laughs> they um, also, like they go to the loo 40 times a day, 40 droppings a day, but they have latrine areas. They don't go to the toilet where they sleep and they don't go to the toilet where they eat. So they're quite clean in their habits. It's just the environments they're in because they're down in our sewer systems yeah, and, and that sort of thing. And that's where they're picking up the bacteria. So, yeah, all the food poisoning bacteria, things like salmonella, strichia coli, they can pass those. 
there's a thing called leptospirosis, Files disease, or wheels disease. You might have heard of that one. Yes. Press that can be fatal. But again, it's just how you manage it. Again, we're getting quite good now because of COVID. We've talked about hand sanitizing stuff earlier before we did this, and that's quite important with what we do because it's it's all about sort of wearing our PPE, keeping ourselves clean. If you do get them, it's about sanitizing, keeping surfaces clean. Yeah. yeah, and it sort of ties in again with what we could talk about, what, what they're doing when they get in. So keeping food cleaned up, spillages cleaned up, especially people who've got little ones. Little ones leave crumbs and food and stuff everywhere your eyes finds in it. So it's all about sort of cleaning that up, keeping on top of it, making sure then, because once they're inside, we're then going to have to try and trap them or poison them. So if we get rid of the other food sources, it makes the traps and the poison more sort of... Attractive. Or... Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And... The droppings, you mentioned that there be quite a lot of them. Where exactly are the typical places you would find them? So with house mice, pretty much everywhere the house mice are, they're going like 80 times a day. So you will see them, the house mouse dropping, you're looking at about three mils, sort of like a burnt grain of rice. Common rat droppings, sort of 10 to 14 mils, and it's sausage shaped, pinched at one end. Generally, with those, you're going to find quite a lot if you do come across them because they'll be in the latrine, the toilet areas. But a lot of the times with the common rat in the house, you might not find the droppings. So would they tend to be in areas that you don't use very often or darker areas? or Yeah, yeah. naturally as well with, with, with the two main species we're talking about, with the common rat and the house mouse, they're both nocturnal. Like our rodents are sort of, they're nocturnal. It helps them avoid predators. Eyesight's not very good during daylight. So they like sort of undisturbed quiet environments mm -hmm. so the quieter it is the more stable it is the happier they are do you have any examples of severe cases that you had to attend to in ireland um again i'm, I'm not ops anymore i haven't been out in the field in that way in a long long time but like you i've i've lived with mice i've had mice before i remember when i first moved into my house i was sitting down watching tv i heard the mouse so i turned the 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 TV up so nobody else would do it. I was going to deal with it later because everybody else would panic. And the same thing, it ran out and sat in front of me on the floor and pandemonium broke loose. But yeah, you can get large infestations and they, they do a lot of sort of damage and a lot of problem. But mice infestations are dealt with quite quickly because mice are what we call neophilic. So they're quite attracted to new objects and new things. So with baiting programs, once we get a proper baiting program in place, they like to feed little and often. So if we put down a lot of bait points, then you can get rid of them quite quickly that way. And you also have traps that won't necessarily kill them. You can release them out in the wild. Right, yeah. That's, so there's, there's diff there are different types of traps and there's different ways to do it. So you've got live trapping, which you can then release an animal depending on what the animal is. With a house mouse, because house mouse live in and around buildings, so you can't take them to a wood and release them because it'd be cruelty to the animal because they're not adapted to live in them. They literally live in and around our buildings, so... You can't really do that. It's all about humane dispatch with them. So it would be kill trapping. Same with common rats as well. Under our legislation, you can't release them into another environment because you're then releasing vermin onto property. So there's certain other animals that we might have to trap, which will come into buildings sometimes, which would be protected or are posing a risk to a food business or something like that, that we might live catch and then we will release further away. But yeah, no, with, with the rodents, no. Kill trapping, yeah, breakback traps and stuff like that are quite common. Again, if you've got large numbers, it's not always conducive to use that method. 
especially if you and I are both rats and you saw me get smacked in the back of the head, you're like, oh, I don't think I'll go near yeah, that again. Yeah, I don't think I fancy that. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can get trap shyness to a point. So a lot of the time it'd be baiting. But the main thing really is to find out how they're getting in. Seal and that, try and seal prevent that it. Yeah, because all you do by killing the animals, if you do nothing else, is free up real estate because it's obviously a great place for them to be because they've got their food, the water, the shelter. So if you take out the lodgers, it just means more moving. More are going to come in. Yeah. So you turn into a B&B. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So that's your home, Richard. Yeah. So it can also happen to your vehicle. I've mm. never personally experienced it, but I have been talking to some people who have. And one case in particular, I think it was only a six-month-old Mercedes. They chewed through the wiring. It cost thousands. Yeah, they do untold amounts of damage, yeah. Like yeah. No respect for property. So is it the same kind of advice that you just gave for your home, for your car as well, yeah. to seal off any entry points? The only thing with the car, because it's engineered in a certain way and there's certain things that need to be the size they are to let air flow in the way a car works work. There's certain things you can seal off. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't mess with that. So there's still going to be ways in. So it's really the way that we keep the food, the water and stuff out of the car itself because that's attractant. If we make sure where we store our vehicles is secure, sometimes it, you can't help it. And my best anecdote when this is was thinking about things this way, because I've been out to a few cases where I've had to look at stuff. But when I was back in operations many years ago, when I was a supervisor, one of my technicians phoned me and he was quite freaking out. And I was like, what's up, Chris? And he was like, there's a mouse sitting in the footwell on the driver's side. And a mouse had got into his van and was living in his van. Oh, God. <laughs> was eating his stash of chocolate, digestive biscuits, doing his glove compartment as well. So, so keeping snacks in the car, not a good no, idea. Not, not a good idea, not like that. Okay. So, yeah, but it, it was even funnier. He's phoning me and he's a pest controller. I've got a mouse in my car. What do I do? But it would be terrifying if, if you weren't expecting it. But it, even if you were driving, it's quite dangerous if the mouse did pop up beside you. Yeah, because it can. It can cause that sort of reaction. So, again... Looking at sealing the car, it's quite awkward to do. So it's all about that, as you said, not keeping your chocolate digestive biscuits in your car, keeping your car thoroughly clean. And I'm very guilty. As I said, I do quite a lot of travelling. So like this weekend, I actually went through my car and cleaned and sanitised it and made sure because we've had that slight dip in cold weather. So my car would be quite attractive, I'd say, sitting out on my driveway. So, so it's colder weather mainly. When you when you get slightly colder snaps, yeah, because especially if you pull up your vehicles and cooling down, but it's got that nice engine heat, mm -hmm. then that's going to be an attractant as well. So it's just, yeah, when you, what, the rodents will move in with colder weather, anything that's outside will try and take shelter and get warmth, yeah. And if they're chewing through the wires in your car, is it a similar reason as to what you mentioned with your home that they have to keep their incisors yeah, so, sharp? So, so it could be that. And I know somebody's telling me about a fuel injection system. Now I can't remember what type of vehicle it was, but I think they use soy in the cables and stuff now. Okay. So it could be that natural sort of food attractant in it as well. Okay. So it's possible. But yeah, a lot of the time they're just looking for something to know or something to get purchase on. And it's the same as when they get in with upholstery as well. Sometimes they will literally gnaw through to burrow into it because it's nice and warm. And you've got all the insulation and all the padding in it. So the oh, scratches no. on the surface and, and all of that, that's 
them trying to just get comfortable. It could it could be, or they could be scraping at food debris that's on there if you've spilled something and not cleaned it up too well. They could be gnawing at that. Okay. But a lot of the time, if they're trying to literally gnaw through something, it's because there's something there that they want. And with upholstery, it's literally going to be because it's nice and warm to get get huddled up in. Mm, it's quite disturbing listening to you. So is there anything you can do in your car? Like I spoke to Rentacle before and they said even bright lights. What do you think about See, all these different tactics? There's loads of different tactics and loads of different old wives tales for loads of pests. Same as if you don't want cats to go to the loo in your garden, go to the zoo and get lime poo and stuff like that, zoo poo. To a point, these things might have a little bit of traction. Generally, it's about making sure there's nothing that they really need. So if you've made sure there's no food or water, then it's reasonably harsh environment. It's just the shelter part. I wouldn't put cat hair about personally. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't fancy deliberately putting, putting it in yeah, your car. Putting your cat, the cat probably wouldn't be too happy about it and stay in your car <laughs> for a little while and tramp about either. So the main thing for me would just be the cleaning of it. Make sure it's really clean. As I said, if you can, put it in a garage that's sealed, put it in a garage that's sealed. If you can't, again, if you have your lights on, your outside light until the car's cooled down, that's going to help. And but then, the main advice, like across the board, home or car, just stay clean. clean. Stay clean and get rid of food and water sources because that's what everything That's the main needs. thing then. Yeah, that's the main thing. And if it's if it gets too much and if your car is infested and you're seeing a lot of damage, would your advice just to be to call somebody yes, for professional definitely, help? Definitely, definitely get a professional in. Firstly, you're going to need to get your car checked because of damage you see compared to the damage you don't. So a mechanic needs to get to that straight away. From the pest point of view, yeah, get a professional. Because it can interfere with the mechanics of your vehicle, the brake yeah, pedals, everything. Very, okay. very much so. But also from our point of view, it's if they are in there, then they're posing a risk because you've got, as you were talking about earlier, the bacteria, the pathogens, that sort of thing. Also, if you take off and one pops up, then you've got that shock. People have got phobias as well. And that's another thing to understand. So it could cause them to have an accident. So ideally, yeah, you're going to want to get your vehicle inspected and a plan put in place. Now, it could be that they've just come in and damaged it and left, which is all very well. But if they're still present, then we need to get rid of them. And then we also need to sanitise the car using antibacterial just to get rid of any of those pathogens and the risk of leptospirosis. And is it a similar process with the home you've to spray? Yeah, yeah, it would be generally when we've got rodent infestation, we would recommend then that you get that sort of treatment because of just contact and the way that they can spread pathogens. So, yeah, to anti antibac to clear it, yes. And the advice of getting a cat to deal with your problems, what do you think of that? That's again old school, isn't it? If you've got a cat, the cat will chase them. What if your cat get is a dog lazy? To chase the cat. Exactly. I was going to say, my mum's got a cat called Ruby, bless her, and I don't think she'd chase anything, to be honest. They get, they're too well fed, some of them. Ex- exactly, too well fed, and she likes the radiator far too much to um, <laughs> no exercise. After it. Yeah, yeah she's, a, she's a house cat and a diva. Again, you just take away what the animal needs. So if you take away its food, its water, and its shelter, then, then it's not really an issue. Richard, it's been a pleasure. Lovely. My pleasure. Not Thanks a great topic so to talk about, but uh, it is important as well to, to know what to do if this does happen to you and to know how to prevent this happening as well. So thank you very much for joining me Thank today. you for having me. 
Well, that's it, our discussion about rodent damage. We hope you found this useful and you will find more on this topic over on the AA blog, www.theaa.ie forward slash blog. You will, of course, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and TikTok. Please subscribe to the podcast and until next time, goodbye and be safe. <laughs>